I don't want to look out that window at work and say, I wish I was doing that because that's something I dreamed about. Oh, I wish I was doing that. I wish I was influencing this group. I was like, I really just want to do something that's going to be more impactful, but on my terms. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Hello, passion maker. This is Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to episode 156 of the Inspiration Place podcast. I am so grateful that you're here. Today, we're talking all about becoming your own boss. Today's guest is the owner and chief creative officer of number four design studio. After many years as a creative leader in major corporations, including Hallmark and West Elm, she offers consulting services for businesses that want to reshape and build better work cultures and create inspiring employee experiences by reimagining how their work environments look and feel, resulting in transforming their practices, celebrations, creativity, and innovation. Make, inspire, share is not just a tagline, it's a way of life. Please welcome to the Inspiration Place, Dale Bennett. Well, hello, Dale. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for having me. I'm so excited to meet you. Thank you so much for reaching out. You know, this pandemic has made everything weird. I'm not going to lie. And so sometimes you get, you know, like you get a lot of spam. I just remember seeing this. And I was like, ooh, this is cool. Yeah. And I like went on your podcast. I'm like, yes, I'm all about it. So oh, good. I'm so glad. I'm glad oh, you're yes. too. Well, my part-time job, I work for this place called Alola. It's a co-working space and community for female entrepreneurs. They were like, ooh, that sounds cool. So I sent them the link to your podcast and your website. And they were like, ooh. They're the best, I'm telling you. So I think what you're doing is great too. Thank you for doing what you do because I'm going to tell you, there's not that many quality creative podcasts out there. This is definitely one that I love. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I listened to you on one show and I just felt it didn't do you justice. It's like, oh, there's so much more to this, Dale, than what we're hearing here. Like when I was researching, I was like, and I really wanted to show the world like who you are. I appreciate it so much. I hope that even this interchange helps me understand like what I need to be doing more to get the word out so people understand who I am, what I'm doing and the kind of company that I keep. Hello, you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So I... Grew up many years in Atlanta. Like I spent a good portion of my childhood there. Anyone who's from Atlanta, I'm always like, oh, there's a little bit there. I, so you live there now. I know you didn't always live there. Is that right? Yes. I'm actually from the city of Baltimore, but Atlanta is definitely my favorite second home. I've lived here twice. And so to show you how much I really love it, it's, it's amazing. It's a, it's a great city to live in. I do have family in Atlanta. So if we do visit, I'd love to look you up when we come. Yeah. I'm right downtown. Come on. Oh, you're downtown. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
So let's talk about design trends. One of my favorite design trends that I've been following for quite some time is the color of the year. Yes. All right. Now, I think it is either yellow and gray or I'm behind a year. So is it, what no. is it this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you got it right. You got it right. Pantone is the color Bible of trends and everyone, everyone uses it one way or the other to make their colors for whatever product or service they have going on. And I'm like obsessed with it. Obsessed. (laughs) It's really interesting because when I first started hearing about the color trends, I thought that they were forecasting what was going to be popular. But really, when you when you find out what Pantone does is they actually are seeing what's already trending and like starting to pick up momentum. So it's less about like having a crystal ball and saying, suddenly people are going to start liking this color. And it's more like this is already happening. And there's going to be a groundswell and you better get on this train. Yeah, it's a little bit of both, actually, because they do forecast in the future. But they also, I feel like Pantone has really gotten with the program of like every industry is not forecasting that far ahead. Some industries are in and now, just like fashion. Fashion does it like kind of like a season or a year in advance. But because of the pandemic, they've had to take a different spin on how they are dealing with color because color now it has to do with the way we live, the way we work and the way that we see the earth basically. And so a lot of things that are happening politically in the news actually influences the way they choose colors. Now, if there's like something global going on, everything is about recyclable things and reusable things. Now that's starting to play a part in when it comes to picking out colors. The other thing that they're doing is, and this is why they have two colors this time. They're really thinking about how people feel, how they feel about color. That's a huge change for them, which I love. So tell us about why they picked the, <laughs> and, and by yellow and gray, I want you to imagine. So you being the listener, I'm like, Dale, I know Dale knows. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's more like a sunflower yellow. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about basically every living room I've been in in Scarsdale that is now painted gray with a gray couch. So it's like, those are the two colors, sunflower yellow. You don't have to go into a living room in Scarsdale. You see it on TV. Mm-hmm. Like every fake family is in a gray room. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, that's funny. Those are the two colors behind me. You can see me, but they can't. It is actually like, the way light radiates to you and the shadow that it projects. That's basically what those two colors are doing. That's what I mean about the way you feel about color and not necessarily the way you see color. They're kind of combining the two. It's more about behavioral type things and less about you wear yellow, but we sit on gray. Okay. So it's more like sunshine and shadow. Yeah. And like, so different companies though, but different companies interpret that those two colors in the way that you might see it. So like, that's why you might see a retailer do all these shades of gray, you know, or why they might have gray pillows or why they decide to do these different shades of sofas that are in gray, but then they have all yellow pillows on top of the actual sofa. Some people are super literal. I mean, you also see it in automotive things, kitchens. I mean, any industry you can think of use the Pantone color system. 
And it's not just those two colors. It's the two colors and then they have color families. You know, what works with them, like different hues and things. And everyone takes that and runs with it. So you might have someone who do like a neon yellow with a really purplish, you know, gray or whatever, whatever they feel like it's going to work for their type of clientele. That's how they interpret those colors. I love Pantone so much. I used to, I didn't do it this year, but in years past, I would print out and, and they do it in the fall and they also mm-hmm. do it in the, the spring. You get the forecast like what six months in advance of the season. So as soon as the fashion have their runway shows. So mm-hmm. in the, in the fall, they're actually showing this. Wait, am I doing this right? It's the spring collection they show in the fall. Yeah. So in the fall, yeah. they show the spring collection and they also shows cruise, which is like leisure luxury wear. So I would print it out on my, you know, my six color printer. So it was like, you know, on really good paper. So it accurate colors. And then I would go to Michael's and I would match up colors in the acrylic paint aisle that would most closely match the Pantone colors and see what I could create with it. I used to have fun doing that. Yeah. Although that's a thing. Like every industry makes sure that those colors match the Pantone colors. So it's no coincidence that you went to Michael's and you could find those colors in pens, markers, paint, stickers. They all use it. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a lot of fun. Washi tape, everything. Yeah. Sticky notes, all that stuff. Yeah. And I love not only just doing the color trends, but then also combining it with looking at what's trending at places like Surtax and seeing mm-hmm. what kind of imagery is is trending. I remember when a friend of mine told me, and this is a couple of years ago, oh, llamas are really hot. It's like, what? <laughs> and yeah. then everywhere I looked, there were llamas on the tumblers, on the mugs, on the Christmas cards, wearing Santa hats. You know, those were there were llamas were yeah. everywhere. And so, sloths and all yeah, that. Yeah, sloths, like, suddenly sloths. Like, why? This animal, we <laughs> never even knew what it was. And suddenly, like, they're everywhere. <laughs> You're right. I don't know how character trends start. I have no idea. Like you said, I love, like, when you talk about surtex. Like, to me, Pantone and color forecasting, surtex is where it all comes to life. Yeah, so since I'm a podcaster and previously I used to write for Professional Artist Magazine, I had press credentials, so I was able to walk the show without having to participate. I could go and see all the trends. So that was super fun because it's in New York where I am. I've always wanted to go to the Atlanta Gift Mart. I'm assuming Mm. you've been there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tell me about what that kind of Santa Land is like. Oh my God. You have no, first of all, it's three, it's three buildings. Each building has at least 12 floors. I used to actually design some showrooms at the Mart. The winter show, which is in January, used to be the biggest show, but now their July show is just as nice. They have all kinds of stuff going on and it is sensory overload. Even I am like, Ooh, I need to sit down. Like there's too much stimulus going on. It's just so much stuff. Well, that's what I'm thinking. It's like Willy Wonka, but for, <laughs> right, you know, but for like art yeah. and design. Yeah. Did they have it this year, 2021? Did it happen this July? July, they did. It was in person. It was, they had all these, you know, because each state is different about the restrictions and stuff. You know, you go to the showrooms, they actually have like little events that are happening during that whole week. So it's a lot of stuff. 
even with that, they have trendsetters who kind of walk around and give people like what the trends are that they see in the showrooms. So trend spotting is really important during that time as well. That leads me to my next question. How do trends inspire your work? I am one of those people who anything inspires me, to be honest. I like I walk around, I see something, I like write notes. I never really used trends until I actually went to grad school and they showed us how trends worked in the industry that we were aspiring to work in. And then I understood like where this stuff is coming from. It just only made finding inspiration even better. Flat lays has been the new trend spotting situation. Pinterest, I mean, endless turning of photos and the way people put things together. I love it. It really has helped me not only pick out my own favorite color palettes, but also helping other people when I am doing workshops, the way I set up things, the way I dress. So it's really just all parts of my life from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep. By the way, I wanted to be sure you knew that I am taking applications for the Artist Incubator Mastermind. If you're struggling to master the art of sales and marketing because you're lacking a solid strategy or a confident mindset, let's fix that. To see if you qualify, go to shulmanart.com forward slash biz, as in B-I-Z, to apply now. Now back to the show. I really am curious about your work as a consultant inside companies. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. have NDAs, but if you can give an example of work that you've done, either using the name of the company or just make an anonymous case study. I would love to hear an example of what you do. Yeah. So I won't use any company names, but work is pretty much the same. The thing that I have experienced, how I feel when I'm at work, the things that charge me and made me feel good and the things that made me feel like, why am I even here? And I realized that a lot of people were going through that. I think I was super sensitive to it because I am a creative. The relationships they have with their employees relationships they have with one another. And then I'm also looking at their space because sometimes people will tell me, oh, I don't really know what's going on. My people are happy here. They're working in a dungeon. I'm like, there is no freaking way that these people are saying that this is awesome. I actually want to get out of here because it's Scaryville. And so I started asking people what they really thought about their work. And I started putting two and two together and decided This is actually something that I wind up doing at every job that I ever worked with. I'm the person who helped rewrite routines. I'm the person who helped gather folks, did celebrations, did outings, all that kind of stuff. And I realized that every company doesn't have that. But if they are focused on making sure their employees are happy, then they get the results that they want from their business. And people are not just piecing out because this new generation They don't care about loyalty and staying someplace for five years. They think it's ridiculous. Five years to them is like a lifetime. They're like, wait, what? You wasted five years there? I'm like, wait, what? No, that's not how it works. But they expect basically how they work from home now to be able to sit on their sofa, tap on their computer. But then they also want to not necessarily, I won't say entertain, but they want their employees to care about them and how they feel. 
Everybody wants to feel that way. So that's what I do. People invite me to come in and whether I'm working with the leaders or if I'm working with the whole team, I kind of give them a pathway to how to combat this. And sometimes it's the basic things that has to happen. It's like a creative manifesto, which no one seems to have one. How do these oblivious bosses, though, know to bring you in? Like, that's what I'm still can't wrap my head around. Like, is it because they suddenly realize they have a problem with attrition? Like people are quitting. So it is word of mouth, but usually it's a mole that's inside their own organization saying, I need you to help us. This is what's going on. It's so funny, but it's always like that. I will have someone saying, oh, my God. Yeah, this is what they decided to do for the celebration of my birthday or like the month's birthday. And it's like, you know, some really nasty cake and some like used candles. And they like, mm, help us. Whatever like the situation is, whatever the problem is, there's usually someone in the company. We need help. I just tell people, you just need to make over your work culture because work cultures are terrible right now and been terrible for a long time. I'm just trying to position myself as I'm the girl who has the answer, who can walk you through this, no matter how bad the problem is, no matter how deep it is, no matter how dark it is, I can help you through it through a creative lens, though. What I keep thinking is, um, I don't know if you watch the show, The Office. But- <laughs> yes. Okay, I like, live that. Right. So basically, there was an episode where Jim, he's like co-running the office with Michael, and he decides everybody gets their own birthday party is ridiculous, and <laughs> there's going to be just one birthday party for everybody, and it did mm-hmm. not go over well. It was like yeah. you know trying to decide a cake that pleased everybody, and mm-hmm. like no. That show has exposed so many dysfunctional work cultures. When that show was really hot, I actually was working at Hallmark and we would look at each other like our boss name is Mike. It was like some serious issues. And it's even worse when the company is bigger because sometimes they like little micro groups that are having these problems. The upper management are oblivious to what's going on. You can have a really bad work culture and people still produce but that doesn't mean that it's a good work culture. I always feel like creativity is the gateway to let people let their hair down and let the toes be exposed so they can like add to the experience of the work that they do. A lot of people just told this is your task and you have to do the task. That's not necessarily how creativity works. Creativity says, hey, task, let me see some different ways I can approach this thing to get to the finish line. And everybody wants that. I don't know anyone says, no, I don't want to inject creativity. Who says that? No one. So that leads us to our final question, because you have been in many situations like the fictional office, whether it was (laughs) West Elm, Hallmark, or one of the other corporations you've worked on or nonprofits Mm -hmm. or something like that. So you've been on the other side Mm -hmm. and now you're helping transform the workplace. But what I really want to hear is what led you to decide to become your own boss. Yeah. It's always a personal journey, right? I think I just feel like I've done all I can do on the inside. I've always been an in-house worker. I've always worked for someone else under their constraints. Even though even at my last job, I was at the top of the top. I felt like there was just something in me that was saying, Dale, you can do more and help more people and you should. I had that conversation with myself 
probably three and a half years ago. It was just a series of things that were going on professionally and personally. And I just needed basically to force myself in a sabbatical situation where I just let everything go and just, I didn't feel like I was being creative anymore. I can't live without creativity. I was born this way, not being creative. I was depressed. I had nothing else to give. I didn't have an opinion about anything. And it started bringing out other things in me that weren't normal. I didn't want to live like that. I wanted to stop, pause, get inspired, get my mojo going and rethink about like how I want to use my energy every single day. I knew that I was going to be coming up to a milestone in my life, you know, turning 50. I'm like, what do I want the other half of my my life to look like? I don't want to look out that window at work and say, I wish I was doing that because that's something I dreamed about. Oh, I wish I was doing that. I wish I was influencing this group. And so it was really just a life choice. I was like, I really just want to do something that's going to be more impactful, but on my terms. That's beautiful. So now that you're in your 50s, that milestone's in the rear of your mirror. For me, it is as well, just so you know. Mm -hmm. I felt when I turned 50 that I was just getting started. Oh, yeah. I'm like, where have I been? Like, I feel like when you're so drowning in obligations instead of like your life's work. And I think that's the difference, right? I felt like my previous life was obligations and tasks. I feel like my new life is my life's work, which I think is way more important and way more exciting. I could just feel the change. I felt the same way when I was turning 40. I just felt like my life was different. I was seeing things differently. And some things I just didn't give a crap about. I was just like, I just don't care about that anymore. Like, I just don't. There's just so many more things that I feel like if I'm doing my life's work, I feel like I will experience things in a different way that's way more fulfilling. I've already seen the change. I've already seen the way people treat me differently. I feel like it's my aura has I always had a bright aura, but I feel like my aura now is a lot brighter. It's friendlier and people just want to be in my presence and I want to be in theirs. So I don't want to lose that feeling. Well, that's 100% true. I mean, that's why I wanted you on the podcast. I was like, I was like, I want to get to know this person. There's something really special about what it is that you're bringing to the world and the way you're showing up in the world is like an example for many women. And I know this is an audio show, but you guys have to go to her website (laughs) to see the way she presents herself. I mean, she dresses creatively. You're just, you can tell everything you're doing is completely with joy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the word you would use to describe Oh, totally, it. totally. You are, joy, you are yes. living your joy completely head to toe, inside, outside, everything that you're doing. So thank you so much for honoring us today and coming on the show. I want people to go to your website, Dale. So for my listeners, that's no4designstudio.com or on Instagram, it's Design Studio 4 on Instagram. Design Studio number four. Design studio number four. <laughs> and we've included links to all those places yes. in the show notes. So you can just click on them. Shulmanart.com forward slash 156. Don't forget, if you like this episode, you have to check out the Artist Incubator Mastermind. It's my private coaching program for artists who are disappointed with their art sales and looking to master the art of sales and marketing. 
The mastermind track is by application only. To see if you qualify, go to shulmanart.com forward slash biz. That's biz as in the letter B-I-Z. Alrighty, Dale, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete? Creativity is in all of us and we all should tap into it. Mic drop. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Next week, we have on the one and only Gene Oliver. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you hit the follow button in your podcast app. And if you like today's show, please leave me a review because it's truly the best way to help other creatives find the show. By the way, if you pop your Instagram handle at the end of the review, I'll even give you a shout out over on my IG stories. Okay, my friend, thank you so much for being with me here today. I'll see you at the same time, same place next week. Stay inspired. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com. 